If you came in and, and, and weren't here in the beginning of the service, you probably noticed things are a little bit different today. Um, it, today is the fifth Sunday. That happens four times a year. The month has a fifth Sunday in it. And we set aside those times to make a little bit of extra space for extended musical worship. I intentionally use the phrase musical worship because we want to always be sure to remind ourselves that everything we do on Sunday morning is worship. That term worship encompasses everything that we do. We worship through service. There were people here making coffee this morning, serving as ushers, serving on the, the musical team, running the soundboard. Those are all ways that we worship through service. On a Sunday morning, we worship through prayer, both spoken and silent. We worship through giving by intentionally sacrificing a portion of our very real material resources. We acknowledge that we trust God to care for us and provide for us in practical ways. And of course, we worship together through congregational singing, singing together through musical worship, which is what we are allotting more time to today. At Vineyard, worship is one of our highest values. In fact, it's one of our five core values that our movement is united around. That we would be a people, it says, who experience and worship God. And musical worship, I think, is one of the most wonderful ways that we learn how to do that. Many of the songs that we sing are written in such a way that they are directed to God rather than about God. They are prayers set to music. There's nothing wrong with songs about God, that's not what I'm saying, but there's something special about speaking directly to a person, the connection is different. And I just wanna demonstrate really quick how this works. Jim, I didn't ask you if I could do this ahead of time, but will you come up here for just a minute? Will you humor me? Do you guys know my friend Jim? Does everybody know Jim? Jim is a fantastic human being. Jim has a beautiful smile. Jim, Jim is an encourager. Jim is, is thoughtful. Jim is kind. Jim is a, an amateur horticulturist. He can make any kind of flower or plant thrive with his tender care. Now there, I've told you some things about Jim. I'm talking to you about Jim. But now look, look how this is different. Jim, I really admire you as a human being. I am really thankful that you are my friend. That letter that you wrote me right after I was appointed pastor was such a blessing when that came in the mail and your thoughtful words to me they really touched my heart. And the, the gift that you gave me of the plaque that says to be fruitful, that hangs in my office and I look at it every day and it is an encouragement to me. Your soul is beautiful and I am lucky to know you. Thank you. You can go ahead and sit down. Thank you for being a good sport. I'm not 100% sure what that felt like to you guys out there, 
But I'm pretty sure that to Jim, that second interaction felt a lot more personal. And I know that I feel much more of a connection when I'm looking someone in the eyes and I'm saying, I see you as a person. I admire you and I'm glad you're my friend. And all along, do you understand, all along from the beginning of creation, that is the kind of relationship that God longed to experience with us, with humans, that personal connection. And he had it for the most fleeting of seasons in the garden. But it was robbed from him and from us as humanity when the force of sin entered the world. And ever since then, we as human beings have struggled to keep worship from becoming everything that God never meant it to be. Never meant it to be. We have made it about rules. We have made it about rituals. We have made it about locations and styles and practices. We have made it about our own pride and our own preferences and our own comfort. And we have made it about everything else besides a God that longs to be known, experienced, and loved, even as he offers those same things back to us. And we catch a glimpse of this tucked into a conversation that Jesus had with a Samaritan woman in John chapter 5. Now usually when we share the story, we focus on some of the larger themes of the passage, but today, just really quickly, because today is not about me and my words, but really quickly I want to tease something out of this passage for you. The Jews and the Samaritans had very different ideas about what worship was supposed to look like. It's not unlike the situation we find ourselves in today where if you were to walk across the street to our neighboring church, it would be very different, their style and their practice. Just different. The, the folks that we prayed for over at Salem Avenue Baptist Church, if we were to walk into their worship service this morning, it would look very different, different styles, different practices. So the Samaritans and the Jews had different ways of worshiping God. And basically, the, the Samaritan woman in this passage, she asked Jesus, which way is right? How are we supposed to do it? And in a nutshell, Jesus' answer to her was, that's not the right question. Neither way is right. And he offers this. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. And I'm reading out of the... ESV version today. Verse 23, the hour is coming. This is Jesus speaking. The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. When we say that we must worship God in spirit, we are referring to the inner parts of our soul, the place where motivation lives. Motivation. The outer trappings of our religiosity are of little consequence to God if our outside doesn't match our inside. 
Do we mean what we are singing today? Do we know ourselves? We must worship him in spirit and in truth. When we say that we must worship in truth, the question to ask is, do we believe that God is who he says he is? And then a little bit deeper just beyond that question is, do I really know who God is? Are we willing to ask ourselves that question? Where have we made God into our own image? Where have we made him smaller than he is, meaner than he is? Where have we used him to justify ourselves instead of reaching for the freedom that we can attain if we will accept his offer to align our, our lives with his design? Do we know the one whom we are singing to? As the team comes back up and we continue with our service today, we continue with our, our singing of prayers to God, I want to encourage you to engage with these questions. Don't just sing these words. Really notice them. Notice the truth that they speak. And ask yourself today, does my outside match my inside? If the answer is yes, that is fantastic. That is super great. But know this, there is no shame if the answer is no. This is very important. If the answer is no, my insides don't match the outside words that I'm singing, that is an opportunity for dialogue with God. It is an invitation from him. As you sing, ask yourself, do I believe these words are true of God? Do I believe this is who he is? And if the answer is yes, that is wonderful, and I'm happy for you today. But if the answer is no, there is no condemnation. It is a chance today to learn from God what kind of a God does he want to be to you? Who does he want to be for you today? As we sing, let's remember together that knowing ourselves and knowing our God, these things matter as we worship. The time has come for true worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. So stand with me and let's continue to do that together. Yeah. Thanks, Marie.